Welcome, welcome back. Thank y'all for tuning in. We are the DMV's Vibe Podcast. Um, I know when y'all see this show, it's hey. no longer going to be October, but I promise you it was recorded while it's still in October. Um, we did not want to have a show where we did not discuss um, domestic violence awareness because that was um, part of October, as well as breast cancer awareness month and world mental health day um i really wanted to tone in on domestic violence awareness this month because we had big show last year for breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. um but domestic violence awareness is super super important um from seeing so much happen with blueface and Krishan, um Yes, and I don't even think they realize how toxic they are because they're in the public eye. Um, a lot of people are just make light of it. But do you feel like they do know? But it's like a sensationalization of it. Like it's entertaining to people now. Like I, that's what I feel like. I feel like there's a there's an entertainment factor to it because like even with Lizzo dressing up as her for Halloween, it's just like. It's not funny. Like, I mean, I get, okay, it's Halloween, whatever, but to really realize the type of situation that Krishan is in, like, she's in a detrimental situation. And it's bleeding out everywhere else. I don't know if y'all watch, um, first of all, I do not like Natalie Nunn. I can't stand her long face ass. And I really used to, I I don't even mean like that on air, but. I really used to fuck with Bad Girls Club. I thought I was going to be doing it. That's me then, no then. Because I didn't, I really didn't need to go on there. I probably went to jail no time. Um, I'm not going to ask. But I do not like how, when she's giving them an opportunity to make some money and be EPs, that show now is trash. All they do is fight. You don't really get to see nothing that they're doing. They don't look like they're happy. Like it doesn't. It's not because it's forced. When you're taking all these people with all those different personalities, and you're taking people who, granted, they weren't on the same show, but you're still forcing all these personalities to be in a confined space, and they all have feel like they have a placement and they're all there for different reasons. Some people are just there to support their brand that they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. But then you have people who just, I'm here because I need a check. Yeah, I don't watch anything with the Zeus Network. 
know what's going on with Zeus. Because um, it seems like everything that they play is just, or all the shows okay. they have, it's not, it's not conducive to my uh, mental health. Not saying that I don't enjoy my share of what they would call Ratchet TV, because, you know, I'm going to get me a good real Housewives of Potomac. Um, actually, I really... They Gucci. Hmm? They Gucci. They, have, they don't even live in Potomac, goddammit. Um, I don't really watch Love and Hip Hop at, at Atlanta or... My, I don't like Miami. I, I, I can't. It's a little too much for me. So, certain things I just can't... I can't get into that and like just all the a lot of the shows is on the Zeus network like it just seems like literally all they do is fight like I don't feel like there's Every anything show. else outside of just fighting cussing each other out like that's ratchet TV it is so Zeus I really had high hopes for Zeus when it first came until I realized that they was doing shows telling people to try and fix something and they wasn't fixing nothing but fighting mm-hmm. and I'm just like I don't understand why y'all got security because they're still gonna fight. So why even have the show? Mm-hmm. But I did not watch whatever season they're on. I just happened to see clips of the reunion and that last show Koshan was on. Mm-hmm. She was still fighting. Like she was, she squared up about four or five times during this reunion. And this one clip, the clip was like ten minutes long. Yeah, I just. And it's like, who are you really mad at? Like, what, what? Something is fueling that anger for you to lash out like that. But it's not just females that you're lashing out at, because you know, seeing you box your nigga and get arrested, but then you still keep getting this nigga tatted all over you. So, like, her self-esteem is just not, not there, and. It's a lot of people, and it's males too. Like that, their self-esteem is so low to the point where it's, people will literally stay with somebody just for the sake of saying they have somebody. And I'm gonna tell y'all one thing about me is I need my peace. So when it comes down to you really starting to disturb my peace and my mental, I'm man or not, love you to death or not, you gotta go. Like it's or if I start to feel like I'm coming out of my character. If I start acting like Krishan, y'all, please, knock me upside the head immediately. Okay, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Knock me out, please. Yeah. Like, y'all heard me talk about uh, my, my last relationship was two years ago, and uh, a lot of stuff happened in that where it brought me back to an old place where I had been delivered from placing my hands on people but he got me out of character got me back in that mode where i knew it was like all right yeah i can't do this because you you're making me be somebody i i shouldn't be and from everybody on the outside looking in they're looking at me like i'm crazy but they're not looking at what you did because mm-hmm. you didn't physically do anything that day but it was so much other shit that you did that led up to that point. And so I was the one in the streets looking crazy. I mean, God bless you for not calling the police because I ain't need them type of problems. But it was not okay for me to do that. Um, I should have handled it differently. 
And so I did have to apologize to them. I didn't apologize for wanting to do it. I apologize because I should have handled it differently. I shouldn't even gave that energy. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to stay with I don't care if you have kids with somebody. Don't let anybody physically harm you, mentally. Like, if you are questioning if what somebody did to you was okay, nine times out of ten, it was not okay. Mm-hmm. If you're scared to tell somebody else what took place, it was not okay. Um, I don't think people understand how serious it can get mm-hmm. until it's too late a lot of times. I don't know if y'all one of the people who watch like Snapped or um, the ID channel. Some of them people that they got locked up in, for killing their spouses, they would be in the beach. That's why they have um, the burning bed syndrome and there's something else that they have now um, because of that. Um, like, people can only take but so much. And I think for my last relationship without saying so much because uh, ain't no hate there, ain't no beef there, but I got to the point where I started questioning myself as a partner. And But I knew that I wasn't doing nothing wrong and it became mentally draining because I'm the type of person to take on other people's problems. So I started to take on everything else that he was dealing with and not thinking about myself. And I mean, it even got to the point where, like, my brothers were like, yo, sis, what's up? Like, this not true. And it's no hard feelings, because, like I said, if you know, you know. Um, no hard feelings, still love them to death. Um, wish them all the best. But for me, mentally, it was just that relationship was a lot. And that relationship wasn't even that long. And, um, but a lot can happen, whether it's 30 days or. But it, it was a lot. So uh, now I'm just cooling. Still in the process. I'm not completely over the situation, but for the most part, I am. I'm over it enough to where I'm not bothered um, by everything, but I am still triggered by certain things. Um, but when it comes to relationships, it doesn't always have to be a physical thing because, like, we never, like, I never put my hands on him. He never said anything. Like, he never treated me like that way in, in that sense. It was just other things that I feel like impeded uh, our relationship being successful. And we talked about it in that long, 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 long talk about it. So we're in a much better place now. Um, but everybody, doesn't even aren't even able to reach that to that place in mm-hmm. in uh, relationships or past relationships with people because um, I don't play that putting your hands on me stuff like I I've never been in a, those type of situations and I thank God and I hope I never have to be or I'm never subjected let me say that to anything like that but I will say that if it's what you see with Krishan and Blueface that is not okay. That is toxic as hell. It's dangerous because I feel like it's only going to get to the point where somebody going to end up in the hospital, like for real, for real, like really, really messed up. Somebody going that it don't lead to death, right? Will die because it's just like 
when do you get to the point where you look at yourself and be like, this ain't it? Even Blueface, like, when do you, where, where do you get to the point where you're just like, you're not tired of it? Because at this, somebody got to get tired. Somebody has to be tired at, at one point in this relationship. Exactly. It's like, so I went through some things in a previous relationship. Like, me and that person were together for about five years. <clears throat> And it was one time that he got really drunk. And basically, he said something, and I didn't like what he said. But I'm like, yeah, you tripping right now. But you didn't even say what you said. You're tripping. So the liquor that he had left, I tossed the bottle in the middle of the street. Like, you don't need to drink no more. You need to go home because you're tripping right now. Slim swung on me without question because my automatic responses was on go. Like, you got me fucked up. But it took me a couple of days for me to really let it sink in. Like, it was not okay. Yeah, because, like, he really swung on me. Yeah. That's wild. And, and I know, especially, like, for dads, like, that's their biggest fear for their daughter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I had joked with my dad about this, but I know that it's not okay. Um, that I said that I'll, I'll be calling for some bail money before a motherfucker ever do that to me again. Um, but you have to be so mindful of how people react to things because everyone is not going to react the same way that you would. And so you have to be mindful of other people's triggers as well as yours, especially when you're in a relationship. Um, Because something that may trigger fearless may be nothing to me. You just be like, all right, whatever. But for different, it's different things that will send people just over the top to where there's no coming back. Um, I know when I was younger, I was one of those people that if I have ever got into a fight out in public, it was not safe because I didn't know how to control that anger. And so I tell people like your partner can get like that too. Whether you want to believe that or not, if your partner has ever been violent with you at least once, then that means they have the capability of it going further. And it's probably not the first time that, that they've been violent towards anybody, period. So. Exactly. So it's very important to pay attention to that. I know a lot of times as females, we overlook some of those red flags. And don't get it twisted because there are females who are just as aggressive and um, violent as men are. Um, it can even, domestic violence is not always between two partners. It can be I mean, between a male and a female. It can be two females. It can be two males. Um, You just need to be very aware of how someone is talking to you as well as treating you. Um, So that you... And then have, have a backup plan. Like Once you're getting into a space where you have started to recognize certain signs you need to have a backup plan. Um, I tell people this all the time. Um, if I go 
on a trip with someone, I don't care how long I've known them, somebody has to know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I got to know, pay attention to how I got here if I'm not driving my own vehicle. And I have to learn the schematics of where we're staying at because I always have to have an exit plan. Like, probably because I don't watch too much TV, but it's like you always, it's better to be prepared than not prepared at all. Yes, I agree with that. Only, only one of my friends got my location now. We don't know shit. I mean, I share my location with um, my older brother. Uh, he really gave me too much of a choice, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's it's not just it's not just about even going with someone that you may feel comfortable with, because nowadays things happen and you could be attacked out here, whether you're a male or female. Mm-hmm. So it's just a safety precaution. Um, if you know someone who is or you suspect that they are um, in a domestic violence situation, do not, do not approach the person that you think is causing that harm. Because... If you leave without that person or if that person is not in the space where they're ready to go, you're putting them in danger. Um, there are several different ways that you can seek for help. Um, we do have, I do have a couple of numbers and resources. If you know someone who is in the space and ready to talk to someone, um, I do have several resources. You can reach out to the podcast page. And I will make sure that you are provided those numbers. The best thing that you can do for someone who is in that space and they're on the victim side is if you're spiritual, pray for them. But do not become that wedge or try to save the day. Because if that the person who is the victim is not ready to leave, it'll be an ongoing cycle. And as I stated, it will cause more harm than anything. Um, October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, If you didn't see last year's show, last year's show got really deep. Yes, it it did. Um, We're Pretty Pamper Queens. Auto Club was in the building. Um, Shout out to them. And congratulations, TT. TT got engaged. Um, He's in the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they they came through for that show, um, and shout out to Dominique for being open and vulnerable that show and yes. transparent to her whole journey. Um, she is a breast cancer survivor, ladies, and I emphasize on ladies first. Please go get tested. Go get y'all mammograms. If something don't feel right, please. It is very important to get it checked out. Even if you, if something just don't feel right to you, it might not even be like a whole real lump. Just make your appointment. Go to your doctor and say, something, something don't feel right. I'd rather be safe than sorry. The sooner you find out, 
the better plan that they can put in place to help you. And please don't think just because you are a certain age that you cannot have breast cancer. There are people that are our age that actually are survivors. And our age group, we have to be persistent because they really don't start checking women now until they're, what's like 45? Mm -hmm. um, but there are, as you can see, cancer overall is happening in people younger and younger. And so there are women in their 20s and their 30s that are actually um, being diagnosed with breast cancer. I am hopefully, and I'm working on this, um, wanna get tested for the BRCA gene because my grandmother had breast cancer. She was 35 when she had it. So um, I just wanna be able to get tested and plus, can't, it's a, I've had several family members that have had cancer, um, um, so I want to get the genetic testing done just to be on the safe side. So definitely, ladies, um, please uh, touch your tatas, okay? And you know, people are always showing videos on how to do it, diagrams. You want the doctor's office, they show you how to do it. So a pamphlet. Right, so definitely make sure that you take the time to check your breast once a month. Um, they usually say if you still on your cycle, check it when, if like that's if that were your monthly check, check it around the time of your uh of your cycle. And you can do it, you know, while you're in the shower or standing in the mirror and do it. But always pay attention to to your uh, to your boobs. Yeah, save the tatas. <laughs> um. One out of eight women in the United States receive a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, and I want you to understand that not just women can get breast cancer. There are men that can get breast cancer. Um, they do have, I know specifically in the D.C. area, they have great support groups for people who have been diagnosed um, as well as going through therapy especially with your family, because your diagnosis is um, not just for you, it will affect your family as well. Mm -hmm. And so it is a, important to have them be a part of um, a part of the plan and the decision-making, because some people decide that they do not want to deal with and go through treatment. They do not want to have surgery. Um, so it is a lot. Um, I did, um, one of my friends, uh, their one of their family members had it and um, thankfully, you know, she went through her treatments and had surgery. And so she is doing well now. But I know that was a scary time for them. Like I stayed in contact with them throughout that whole process. And it can be overwhelming. Um, it can be a lot, Not as I stated, not just for the person who was diagnosed, but for the overall family, especially if it's someone who is like, the rock of the family. Mm -hmm. And so it can be hard to hear, but once you hear those words, you have to still keep them open to listen to whoever that, that diagnosis was for, to be able to be present for doctor's appointments. Because sometimes um, the person who receives that news, they take it a lot harder than what they ever show you. And they may not fully be able to take in all the information from the doctors mm -hmm. that they need. And so having a support system is really big. 
for any diagnosis that is given. Um, I hope that, I really think that they should change the way that it's set up. Because you know how they say, like, once you uh, are sexually active, then you should go to your BGYN once, mm-hmm. once a year, at least once a year. I think that it should be like, once you are developed up here, you should be yes. able to get because checked. teenagers, um, I had one of my best friends in college, she actually has cysts in her breasts in her teenage years. So, because we have to remember, like, that's fatty tissue. And, you know, at this point, we don't know why these things happen to us. We don't know why things form in our body. But when it comes to those type of things, I think we should get get checked. And I think we need to stop assuming that everything is only happening in older people or a certain age group. Because now, it, again, it doesn't, as we can see cancer affects anybody at any age so we definitely need to revamp that but also revamp the healthcare system but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day because <laughs> the healthcare system in america can really kiss the bottom of my ass yeah, disrespectfully it is very expensive mm-hmm. for healthcare here but the one thing i will say is um while they should be finding a diagnosis the one thing that they have advanced is technology and how they do this how they do screenings now the the quality of pictures that they can take during those screenings um it's supposed to give us comfort but i know sometimes people are more scared Mm -hmm. when they get the test and scared of knowing what's going on with them like please don't let that be you um as we talk all the time your physical health is just as important as your mental health and they actually go hand in hand so like you will have to work on both um and just because you get diagnosed it does not mean that it is a death sentence mm-hmm. just be proactive be open and i always tell people go get a second and third opinion because just because it, it they told you at a hospital this doctor was good. Yes, because some of these hospitals trash. Um, I've experienced having to go to several doctors in order to be like, okay, I heard what he said, but this is the first time I'm hearing it, so I just want to double check and make sure that everything was good. Mm-hmm. So I know y'all looking like, mm, that may cost me some money. It'll be worth it because sometimes people are more invested in getting that money from your healthcare provider and you, then they are actually doing the research to see what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I know um, I've had discussions with friends on Facebook about specifically um, black women finding black doctors to go to because a lot of doctors of other um, races don't listen to our needs. Most providers um, can list, like I know Blue Cross Blue Shield, they have a super long list where you can go on their website and find providers. Um, You can, from what I was told, you can actually schedule to go in and speak to the healthcare professionals in certain offices before actually booking an appointment to make that your new doctor. 
So definitely take the time to do your research because your health is important. Don't just go because that's who you always went to or that's who your mama went to. Um, because a lot of, we're in a space now where some of these doctors, they too old to be still practicing medicine. No, for real. And they have these mindsets of, well, this is what I always did. And it's like, we're in a different time and age now. If you're not going to listen to me and my needs, then what am I paying you for? Because y'all get paid a lot of money just to, and then tell me that I need to go get some medicine or I need to go and do this here. I mean, I don't want it to be all about a check. That's what it's about for a lot of them. So just take your time. Be patient. Don't get frustrated. Um, trial and error. The same way y'all, us black women, be going to try all these different hair products, try different doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely make sure that you take your, as we stated, your health seriously. Get tested. Um, like I said, it ties into that mental health, World Mental Health Day was October the 10th. Y'all know we talk about mental health every show. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. I don't care if y'all get married, get sick and tired of it. We're going to talk about it because your mental health is only going to be a priority for you, not for anyone else. Um... Make sure that you take it seriously. Have your me time. Do whatever you need to do to be in the mindfulness life. moment. Um, that's like taking time to like breathe um, or find the moments where it's just like, all right, hold on, let's reset. Um, I think that's really, really important, especially throughout the day, especially with work. Um, COVID really, really is still affecting a lot of people, whether it's uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, like all these things, is people are still affected, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, so definitely with your mental health, you definitely have to take those moments um, to really to focus on yourself. Um, like Pink said, like, your mental health is not going to be important to anybody else but you. And if your mental health or your mental isn't where it should be, then you can't show up for everybody else. You can't be there for everybody else because you can't be there for yourself. So definitely taking time to do things that make you happy or do things that allow you to get away from whatever it is for the moment. Um and learning how to cope with things throughout life because it's life Mm -hmm. Uh, we all got the same 24 hours in a day and so many different things can happen so so you have to learn how to cope with things and always remember that it's okay to feel how you feel just don't stay in that state especially if it's a negative state of mind um and be open-minded when it comes to mental health. Please don't think going to see a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist means that you are crazy. Um, black folk, please get that out of your head, okay? Um, therapy is great. I really can't wait to go back to therapy. Therapy is uh, allows you to talk to someone that does not have 
a bias when it comes to you. That was one of the main reasons I personally went to therapy because I got tired of people telling me what they think I'm going to do or what they think I'm going to, how I'm going to react based on because they feel like they know me. So um, going to therapy allowed me to talk to this person who don't know me from a can of paint and, you know, unpack certain things. So I definitely plan to go back uh, to therapy because y'all nieces and nephews is driving me crazy on top of everybody else. Therapy was very... So I used to be one of those people who was very against it because um, my parents tried to take me to therapy when I was a teenager and it wasn't a regular therapy. It was a church-based therapy. I'm not against getting, you know, uh, spiritual help. Don't think that. I just think for the reason why he took me, it should not have been take me to church because I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like I was going to be biased because of how involved my dad was with that church. I just felt like, if I tell you, all you're going to do is go back and tell my dad, and that's not how it's supposed to work. So I was very against it until my late 20s and after having several different experiences and while there um my own personal therapy that i used to do used to be poetry is how i would release it it got to a point where it wasn't helping anymore where i was stagnant i didn't want to write anything else on paper i didn't want to be an emotional person um i didn't want to be angry anymore so going to therapy helped me learn how to use some of the things that I had already started using, but in a, a way that would actually be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, learning how to address each feeling and address why I'm having this feeling, what made me be in this space, what can I do to get me out of this space. Um, it was a lot of holding myself accountable and figuring out what other ways that I can um, maybe sometimes it's it's it involves people that you can't get away from so you have to figure out how to deal with them and because you're so deep in it you feel like there's no other choices but like Phyllis said they have an unbiased uh, uh, unbiased information that they can provide you in order to to give you tools on how to process away from the situation as well as helping you when they aren't present like i don't want to be so reliant on someone else's energy to get me through something Mm -hmm. i want to have those tools to be able to process it on my own um Mental health, um, we've talked about that. It's not just important for an for an adult, but it's also important for your children. Um, because COVID did affect your children yeah, as well. Yeah, COVID is different. And some of them, I don't know how these babies is doing it because I don't think I could. The kindergarten and, and COVID messed a lot of kids up when they had to go to school. 
Well, I think for kindergartners, I think the, those kids will be okay because they never experienced school until they actually went into school. Like they experienced it, but the transition. But I feel like the ones that were in school, they weren't taken out of school, and now they're back in school. Like the middle schoolers that I had, um, I really had to remember that, especially the seventh graders, a lot of them spent fifth and sixth at home. Sixth graders, too, they spent third and fourth at home. Um, Because, you know, D.C. is different. Uh, Well, actually, a lot of schools are different now because I went to middle school in the seventh grade. You didn't have sixth grade in middle school, but you do now. But a lot of these kids, they don't have social skills. They don't have coping skills. And part of it is because if you think about during COVID, you had to sit at the computer viewing the screen. Half the kids weren't even doing that. You weren't. It wasn't like you know, you had to be social per se because some school districts only asked that the kid logged on. They didn't care if the child did work or anything. Still passed the child and now y'all want me to do something with these kids when I'm still having to teach fundamental foundational skills that they don't that they don't have for the grade level they're on. But that's a whole another conversation for a whole another day. But um, these kids really need to learn how to cope because these kids don't know how to respond when you tell them no. Um, you have to think about when these kids was at home with y'all for a year, if they got on your nerves and you told them no, you know, and they started acting up, you would send them to their room and they could go sit in their room. And But in their room, it's a it's a phone in there, it's an iPad, it's a TV. So they have all these things to do to calm them down and then they could come back out in the room. You can't do that in the classroom. And so I'm seeing that these kids have a hard time with telling them no, shut things down, anything involving electronics, like it's just a lot. And they have no social skills and it drives me crazy. No social skills, no manners, like, and and that's all about, and, and the mental health part of that is just like, they don't know how to cope with certain things, certain situations, like, they don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to tell when someone is actually being mean to them. Like, and that's the reason why I kind of said like for kindergartners, but I mean like for people who, for children, it's their first time going to school. Cause I understand that every kid goes to a preschool or a daycare. Some kids, their first time ever being in a school like atmosphere with other kids is kindergarten. So you having to do that during COVID and then now you're in a classroom of the kids. Well, and them social skills. I wouldn't use kindergarten them. because that's because kindergartners are go. That's they're they're going to learn those social skills. Like that's the when they first come in. That's why it's it's hard for them because the tape because they would have circle time and all that other stuff. So I wouldn't necessarily use the kind kindergartners per se because they didn't have those skills in the first place. So they still will have the opportunity to learn those in elementary school. But when we've gotten to those who, because even, even in the intermediate elementary, there are still certain academic skills 
that they were supposed to get that they don't have and not in eighth grade and I gotta figure that out. But that's holding up stuff for holding up with that. But I wouldn't necessarily use kindergartners because they still have if they've never been into an actual school, being online, I don't think really had that much of a, a as an effect because when I worked at elementary school Kids, is their first time, they clingy to their parents. They were crying and the parents crying, all that stuff. Wow. Like, so I, that's why I wouldn't use necessarily elementary school in that sense. But the older kids, yes, because think about it. The ones that were that started kindergarten in the year that COVID shut down, kids don't retain a lot of stuff. So those that were in the midst of learning that, they lost it. So I could see that or I could see like, those who completed, who was in first grade and then spent second, had the rest of first and the whole second grade online. Like I could see the detriment in that, but those that they never been to school and they first time was coming in, I wouldn't really use them because you could still at five and six you could still develop them skills, but it's hard to develop those social skills and social cues, and it's hard to once do that once they get. For, yeah, once they get old, especially when they get to high school, I don't want to tell y'all about By like 16, your child is going to pretty much, their personality, that's pretty much who they're going to be. So, Yeah, it, it's been really hard, like, watching um, friends or people I'm cool with with their kids after COVID. Like, during COVID, it's like they felt like, okay, I got a little bit of break. I ain't got to get up super early in the morning and get them dressed mm-hmm. and go to school. I just got to make sure that they log in. But the transition back into school has been hard because COVID ain't really gone. People still send their kids to school sick. And so, mm-hmm. and so then, they, you know, it's so many different precautions that not just a child had to get back accustomed to, but also the adults had to get. Yeah, I still wear my mask um, when I'm in the school. Just because I'm in close quarters and a lot of us will be sick. So I don't wear it out and about every single way, everywhere I go, but definitely at schools because kids do be coughing and sneezing and we be too close and they always touch and stuff. Like, yeah, I, getting sick from, from a child, they, I don't know what type of germs they They got like super germs. Or something. Yeah, so that's why I still. Uh, actually with my mask at work when I'm in the building with the kids. It definitely is different. And so I just want people to to realize that even though, because I still can't say this the transition period, I know y'all kids been back in school for like, this the second school year them going back to school now. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all still got to check on y'all kids because some of them know how to turn it on and off that they're okay, just like they're adults. Um, but they're not fully processing the things that they're going through because you got to remember when they was online, people might have said little funny stuff in the classroom, but now they're back on the bus mm-hmm. and they're back where, you know, or they have recess time and they're, they're really around these kids without um, that extra supervision and so these kids different this generation of kids like I ain't work with kids in a minute now and I probably ain't never going back I point. promise you I ain't I never going never, back as long as I'm black teach middle school again 
And I love kids. I do love kids. Don't get it twisted. I did that for eight and a half years. I love all them kids grown and they like they in college somewhere. All them kids grown and I just realized why I was there still. Like them kids were just changing. Like and that's too much for me. That's just what it is for me now. It's just these kids different and i just don't i honestly am running out of patience for them i'm running out of patience for their parents um because the parents act like oh my child whenever uh you know your kid and these kids lie and i like i told somebody before i said as a teacher i could i honestly and it's the honest to god truth could care less about mine or little johnny because i don't care okay I'm, i'm not going out of my way to make up lies about what your child did. It's never that deep because I don't care that much. Because when I leave my job every day at 345, I leave. But see, this is, so I know people didn't like me when I said this the last time. If you were involved with your kids' overall learning and you got to actually be around the teacher, you would know that the teachers don't be lying. And I have great, like the, the students that I have this year, um, I have great relationships with pretty much all my parents, except for my mom, whatever. Um, but I have great relationships with them. So they and they know their kids. When I call them and or text them and let them know what's going on, okay, yeah, I know we'll address. It's not. Oh my God, what did you did? What did you say? What did you do? What did you say to them? That, that you must have did something. Like yeah, that. that that's why I gotta go, cause y'all not gonna sit over here and try make it look like I'm triggering y'all kids or whatever. Child, bye. I got bad things to worry about. And you, you see, you in the city. I was in PG County. I'm I did PG, PG County. County didn't I, give two fucks. I worked in PG <laughs> County. I worked in Fair out Fairfax in a non-public. Like at this point, it's the same way across the board, whether they black, white, Hispanic, whatever. It's parents the same way across all I don't work with white ED kids, I don't work with Hispanic ED kids, I don't work with black ED kids, I don't work with every race of child I could probably think of. And there are parents in every whatever. They're no different. They literally their parenting styles may be different, but there's always it's always gonna be a few parents that's gonna they they never believe that their child would do such things and it's always the adult's fault and at the end of the day i ain't telling nobody how to parent their kid but you sent your child up for failure that's why a lot of them can't even do stuff independently now because and i've seen this and even in conversation with adults who have seen who have teenagers that work with them in business or whatever like they gotta call their mama or they get mad or like mm-mm but let me that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day but take care of the children mental health if your child needs some help get them some help they need to go see a therapist let them go to see a therapist every most schools have social workers they have therapists that can help them there they have counselors um tell them that it's okay to not be okay and reach out um and also parents make them feel comfortable with being able to tell you that they need it because sometimes y'all you know, ain't nothing wrong with you just go to bed or ain't nothing wrong no it really is something wrong but how you carry it and and make it seem like you don't care then that's how they end up never saying anything yeah, um, you definitely gotta create that space 
Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot when it comes to like our friend groups, especially with our male friends, is creating a space where they feel comfortable to mm-hmm. discuss certain things because the world is not going to let, especially black men and men in general, feel comfortable expressing themselves in certain ways because it's a thing that we had to unlearn mm-hmm. from generations. Is you don't got to carry all that weight on your back by yourself. You don't have to act like something never bothered you. Please find somebody, one person, at least one that you can fully trust that whatever I say or whatever we discuss stays right here unless you are detrimental to your own health. Right. And and I will say this, especially with with the relationship aspect of being a safe place. Ladies, I've said this before, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this again. Stop allowing that man to open up to you, mm-hmm. and then you turn around and throw it back up in his face in an argument. You allowed that man to be vulnerable, and then you took his vulnerability, and you slapped him in the face with it. Please stop doing that. Men have done the same thing to women as well, but we do it a lot more often to men, and this is why men don't feel comfortable opening up to us, talking to us, letting us know what's going on. I will say that in my last relationship, I was his safe place, and I will never go up in his face of stuff that we discuss our real deep conversations. So I would never do that. I would never put that on blast. Um, and I, it, what makes it hard is, as a female who doesn't do that, it men are surprised for one or two. It they. They hold back. They so they hold back because they're because of the previous relationship, and sometimes they mama do that to them too. So mama, stop doing that to your son. Yeah. So, so then when they do meet somebody who is really genuine, it's it's a lot harder on us and us because we the type of people we're not gonna throw nothing back up in your face. I'm not I'm not like that with any of my friends. So. That's why also my friend group is one of them because there have been people that I've allowed myself to be vulnerable with and then you turn around and you flip it on me or you throw you use it to try to throw it back up in my face. So now not only am I ready to fight you, but now I'm hurt because I opened up to you thinking that you cared and then and you turn around and use it as a manipulating tool against me. Um so we really have to create a safe space um i tell my students that and you know i work with a lot of young black men and so i even tell like my male students that cry please cry cry crying is good crying is a release cry helps you get it out Cry. We ain't saying cry all day though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I ain't saying cry all day. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, for minute. I'll cry when I'm frustrated or when I'm mad. If I'm mad to the point that I'm crying, just know that at this point in my life, I really want to commit violence against you. But I'm really over here trying to keep it together, and I like my good government job. So, yeah. But please allow allow people to be emotional. Allow young men to be mm-hmm. emotional. 
and to cry because it's okay. Crying, honestly, I feel like crying is not a sign of weakness. It takes a strong person to cry. Now, unless you just cry all day, every, every day, then I'm going to be like, okay, we got to figure something out. But usually a lot of people, when they do get to the point where they're crying, it's because they frustrated, it's a built up or whatever. So it's a release. You release it and then you let it go and you move move on excuse me but it's just remember that it, it's it's okay to cry and i cry too i cry too guys yeah okay. i do i cry and i find frustrated um once i reach a certain level of anger um and sometimes i just it's just i'm just having an all day and mm-hmm. so I, I gotta cry then i gotta listen to music then I got laugh. Like that's my process. Yeah, I'm gonna cry, but then I'm gonna boss up. Yeah, like I ain't one of the people. I ain't gonna be crying for no hour. It's gonna be a hot five minutes, and then it, you gotta keep it moving. Like, and most of the times I'm in a space now where I know exactly why I'm crying. Like, what what got me to this point? Um, what I need to do next that had to come out, and so it's like, all right, you got it out. You good? You saw what's on the agenda now. Like you have to keep it moving because you'll get stuck in that place. Your mind will convince you that overall, because of one thing, overall you're sad about everything mm-hmm. when it's really just one thing. So you have to be have that strong willpower in mind to keep it constantly moving um if your thoughts begin to overwhelm you i tell people write it down if you write it down and it's something that's negative that you're trying to get rid of i just need to tell people write on piece of burn it put it in the balloon let it go yes burn it burn it i do that i've done um, that um those things have helped me as well as when it comes in the friend group aspect like i've learned to get myself now where you have to voice your boundaries as the friend that's receiving the information Mm -hmm. and so i ask questions now i'm like are you just venting or do you want my advice sometimes people just want to vent and they don't really want no feedback sometimes people want the feedback and so you just have to ask those questions so you know what space you're going into and so you can um i don't like to say compartmentalize but asking that question in the beginning helps relieve a lot of unnecessary or awkward tension Mm -hmm. so if you just want to call an event say look i just need to vent to you i don't really need no rah 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 i just need to let it out but also before you start venting asking that person like are you in a space for that. And I think that was a issue that I really had in one of my previous friendships. It just was like you just start pouring and dumping on me, but my day has been trash too. So honestly, I really could care less about what you dumping and pouring on me right now because I'm trying to do on my own. So that's also something to do because especially for someone like me, like I said, I take on other people's problems because I'm be trying to be there for everybody so i have learned like you know what if i'm just not in that space like i would be like i don't think you know 
not right now, or give me a minute, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I really, now I really don't have that issue with too many of my friends, like, because we all kind of, we all know that we're all battling our own things, you know, so we're always checking on each other. Like, I feel like my friendships now that I'm older are very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Where it doesn't have to be, I don't have to talk to you every single day or whatever the case may be. Like, okay, I talk to you periodically. I mean, I do have friends that I talk to every single day. I know if I don't, I know I talk to Demo every day. So if I don't talk to Demo, it's a problem. But other than that, I get mad if I don't talk to them. I be in my feelings. I be in my feelings. Well, me and my brother is similar to that. But it's like if a day go by and we don't talk to each other that day, then. Either we trying to call each other at the same time, we'd be like, hey, yo. And then I'm like, bro, I'm just about to call you. Like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be something like, even if we not like FaceTime, because fa- we literally FaceTime just about every single day. But even if it's not a FaceTime, it's still like a text or some, some correspondent that we somehow, some way we, uh, we talk to each other. But I just feel like a lot of, now a lot of my friends, like, we all have our own things. So, our friendships are very low maintenance. Like one of my closest friends lives in Florida. He moved to Florida like two, three years ago. But we ain't missed the beat. We ain't missed the beat. But and we just talked about yesterday how low maintenance our friendship is. It, it's super low maintenance. Like you, you know, we chat on each other, we talk to each other, we get a good kiki. And because one thing we gonna do, we gonna laugh. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> get a good little kiki, and then you know, it is what it is. So. Definitely, that low maintenance friendship. Like I didn't really understand it. I said like ten years ago, but now, like I get it. Like I'm probably the only person left in the in the friend circle outside of you that don't have no kids, and so everybody else got kids, and or they're married, and so it's like I get it. Do your thing. I ain't even mad at you because. In my job, I got to talk all day, so sometimes I don't even feel like talking. Maybe listen. I, I talk to little people all day. Well, not little, because they think they grow. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it, and I definitely feel that like it's been, this is how I know that it's just been chaotic. It's been times I come home, and I'm sitting in complete silence. Like, no mm. TV on, nothing just sitting. <laughs> or, um, I may... I've never drive off work without blasting music, so that's that's never gonna change. Music and it's gotta be something that make me laugh. So it might be music and TikTok, it might be music and Instagram, it might just be music. Yeah. But yeah, I have a lot of times where I haven't turned the TV on for days. Well, I'm gonna turn mm-hmm. TV on because I won't turn TV on for days. I hear music though. You know, but I need I go to sleep to SpongeBob every night. Don't judge me, but that's just. Is that all the Golden Girls? But that's just like my way to like decompress from the day. And like my kids laugh at me because I'm like, I really watch SpongeBob because y'all be stressing me out. And I watch the news. So after watching the news and learning about all the craziness in the world, I just find a way to decompress. And that's how I decompress with cartoons. So you said a key word, decompress. I think that's important for anyone to do, no matter what age level you're at decompressing from your day learning how to kind of like separate those things like that's kind of a small thing that i miss about being in an office every day because 
I can leave work at work and home at home. When you tell the work, you can't do that because you're already and home. See that, so I spend yeah. a lot of time just sitting in my car. Like I probably burn so much damn gas sitting in my car once it's cold and using that as decompression. But I definitely time. understand that because I think that's another thing that really has me leaning towards removing myself from education because COVID, okay, first of all, education period, people don't have boundaries. Don't call me or text me after 3.30, 3.45 about what's going on at work because I promise you, I don't give a fuck. I promise you. I promise you. Unless the kid is like hurting or something or they end up in the hospital and it's like, oh, so what's up? All right, cool. But then after that, it's like, it ain't, ain't but so much I can do as the teacher or the whatever. But COVID, really, there were no boundaries in education because now not only are we working at home, which most educators do, but now y'all in our homes because now we sitting on camera. Like, it's just, for me, I trying to create that work home balance. It's hard to do in education because people really just don't understand boundaries. Like, don't send me no emails at ten o'clock at night because I promise you, I'm not checking my email till I get in the building and open my laptop up. But you got people. I literally ask my coworkers, I say, y'all be checking your emails before y'all. In the morning, like the first thing I get up in. No, when I get up in the morning, I'm hitting snooze three times. First of all, before I get up, I'm not even a morning person. So it's just like it's it's that that boundary part. And so what irritates me, and this has happened throughout my whole entire scholastic career. I'm not gonna say not too much in in elementary or PG County, but in my latter years, like. The gym is literally my happy place. So when you're calling my phone at 4.30, when I got off an hour ago to ask me about some grades and some progress reports, I'm ready to not only swing on everything in the gym, but now I'm ready to drive back to work and smack the shit out you because why are you calling my phone? And y'all probably like, oh, that's super aggressive. No, because don't call me. After work, at, hours. after work hours. And what they say on um what was that that wasn't the temptation. It was finally my office hours off. Exactly. <laughs> and it, you really have to be like like it's certain coworkers that I, I'm developed friendships with them outside of work. So we'll text each other, but and we might talk about work, but it might be some gossip and shit, or we just, you know, sharing TikToks or something like that, or, or Instagram posts. That's cool. Like I don't mind that, but if you if you literally we sitting on the phone the whole time. You ask me about certain stuff, like, um, and even like, now there are days like my supervisor, because me and her are kind of close. So we'll vent to each other. Now, now that's something different. Now, mm-hmm. you want, we'll call because, you know, educators understand educators. That's why I'm always venting to my brother Aaron, because he was a teacher. So he kind of get, and he'll literally just sit with me on the phone and, let me vent and then he be laughing because people always be laughing at me when I be saying the things that I, that I'm saying, but I be dead ass serious. No, a lot of people do it. Yeah, because I was I, I made a joke about a roach rodeo, right? But I was venting about roaches and I was saying my frustration about the roaches, but he laughed and that was the running joke 
for the rest of the conversation. So. I know I was crazy. But, and then I don't like it because like. If if I'm talking like this and I'm saying something, that means I'm serious. And if I, you gonna know if I do. But all my friends are like that. Everybody be laughing at me, and they and everything is like it's funny because we know you did that serious. That's that's why we be laughing. But that was the only person that happened to me. No, y'all be laughing at the wrong time. I'm dead ass right now. But now for y'all, definitely. Um, let me reel it back in. Definitely decompress though. Like we all need that. You need to find a way every day to decompress from your day. Like it's even got to the point now. Like when I come home, like my parents might ask me, "Hey, good evening." Good evening. Hey, I just walked in. I got I got four bags on me. Can hey, how you doing? Good. Good evening. How how was your day? Like, give me that. Don't come in the house and ask and start asking me fifty eleven thousand questions. Just hey, how you doing? So, and that's another way also to create those boundaries with that because again, some people take it personal. It ain't nothing personal. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just I literally just walked in the door. Give me a minute. Let me decompress. Let me go put my lunchbox down. Let me go put my gym bag down. Like, give me a moment to de- decompress from the day. And I and you gotta let, allow your kids to do that. I actually told my students because I told my students I said when I used to get before I started getting involved in extracurricular activities, when I used to come home from school, get off the bus, I literally used to go give me a bowl of cereal. And watch a Disney movie. I did that every day. It was either Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, or Sleeping Beauty, or Cinderella, something, all the princess movies. But that was my way to come home, decompress, eat my little bowl of cereal, and then I did my homework. But I but I got a chance to just come in, be a kid for the moment that's not sitting in the classroom, and then let, your brain. let my brain relax, let my brain chill out. And then I got to work. So everybody, whether from the smallest kid to the oldest person, we all need to decompress when you're transitioning throughout your day. Like even sometimes after my first two periods, sometimes I take a moment like, you know, I got teacher later, so I can go pee and all like, but it's giving me a chance to decompress from my morning classes kind of all right get myself together to do whatever i need to do and prepare for my last class of the day but you need that you need those moments and we need to create those moments um for ourselves and for anybody else um because yeah, it's not just for separating work from home it's anything even if i have if it's a day off for me if i have things that i have to do once I finish doing those things, I got to decompress because my mind sometimes be going 100 miles per hour thinking about everything else I may need to do. Mm-hmm. And so my mom will tell you, I spend a lot of time. She think I'd be gone. I'd be sitting right out front in my car, just like, who saw? And it's not that, you know, I don't want to spend time with her or talk to her. It's just that some days are more draining than others Mm -hmm. and i don't want to hear no voices don't ask me to do nothing because sometimes you don't know how you're going to react if someone interrupts you before you get to decompress Mm -hmm. so it's like just let me woosah for a minute now i do got to work on how much time i'll be decompressed because sometimes my 30 minutes be turned into damn i've been sitting here for three hours trying to decompress and 
it's just sometimes your thoughts can take over that time and that's how i know i really go on a vacation because my decompression wait. time go it goes zero to 100 real quick <laughs> and that that's why like when people laugh but like when i went to altoona over the summer i promise y'all i did nothing but eat and drink because there was nothing to do there but i wasn't at home i wasn't running back and forth to the hospital i wasn't having somebody calling me ask me do that i literally just got a moment to do nothing and i and the trip that I have planned for my birthday, I'm gonna do some stuff, but I'm not pressed to do anything. Like literally, if I could just go because it's a change change of scenery and just chill out for those three or four days, you know, as long as I can eat, get a little drink, that's all I want. Like I just don't want responsibilities, and I won't have any because it's super important. It is, and honestly, with my job is demanding. Was what I'm dealing with at home is the man that, and it's all on me. I don't have no siblings that, you know, I'll pass my mom off to you real quick while I go do, like, everything's all on me. So I need that moment to just kind of regroup and come back. And I honestly started doing that during COVID um, when we kind of opened back up. I would go get hotel rooms and duck off by myself and stuff like that. Just And even, the, even though I would be like maybe 45 minutes from my house but it was just a different change of scenery and i would really be by myself and it's just that moment you by yourself nobody blowing your phone up nobody asking you for the 11 questions i'm gonna have to try you know, that like because i never thought of it for me it was always i gotta get far away and when i say far I got, away I got, I, got mean, my, I got my little duck on me, spot. I ain't gonna tell y'all it gotta be an hour or better for me I know Doug off spot 30 45 minutes. It's actually like 20 minutes. But 30, 30 to 45 minutes. And I literally, I would get my food. I'd give me a bottle of mine or whatever. And I literally would just relax. relax. And like, um, I think during that time period, I had was rewriting my books. I wrote my book. We wrote so my we can't book. wait for this book. To I know y'all. I know I got a plan. It's, it's coming soon. It's coming sooner than y'all think. Um, I actually rewrote goals. Like I, I really just decompressed. I was just like, I can't do this. Book me a room, and I was gone for the whole weekend. And I only came out to to get something to eat. That's a really good idea. Like I'm really gonna have to incorporate that because. For me, when I feel like I need a break or need to get away, I always want to go so far. Yeah, like people really because, be wanting to go far, but you really can. But I think it, it may work. It you may just got to go where you know and you're not going to run into nobody. So where I, where I duck off at, mm-hmm. I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to go that far. Well, where I duck off at, I'm, gonna have to go I'm not going to run into no, I, the girl. It's gonna be rare. If I really was to run into somebody, and I'm like, damn, what you doing here? But it's really, really rare. I've never ran it. I've done it a couple times. One time I went north, the other time I went further south. I was still in Maryland. I just was in different cities in Maryland. Um, I'm gonna just have to go and run. Not in Prince George's County. Let me just say that. Um, but yeah, like, but I didn't run into nobody. Well, first of all, I barely moved my car. I literally went to go eat. I would go to get food and come back and just sit in my room and mind my business. And I was so happy. So happy. That would help a lot. Like, I, 
So my goal for 2022 was to go on the trip, go somewhere at least once a month. Even if like one month it was still in Maryland and the other month it mm-hmm. was out of state. Yeah, so that didn't happen for me. I think the last real trip I went on was in May when I went to Charlotte. I'm doing a, a couple of good trips. Um, I was really sad I couldn't go with y'all. Yeah, Altoona was fun. I just wanted to go. So if y'all know by now, like, like I'm really the I'll drive where we going person. Like, oh, where we going? I have no problem driving nowhere. I'm driving hours. Pick hour me up. Two hours. I didn't drive all the way to Atlanta and back from myself in just me driving. So like, I'm really that driver. Pick me up. As long as I got that music. I'm good. Um, Even though I me, mean, I drove that Altoona, but that was like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's not a bad drive. I was like, Maybe but it that trip was at a time I really needed it, but I had to be a sibling because my my brother had a baby shower. Oh, yeah. And so, oh, yeah, my niece is here now, y'all. The baby's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got another one coming. I've been told I have one coming in April, another niece coming in April. Please don't let everybody get Aries, please. And this one, I mean, you know, I don't care. They're my kids. They got their parents. They go stay with, stay with their parents. I'm just the auntie. You call me if you get in trouble and I can save you. If you need me to come pick you up, I'm, I'm that auntie. We can go and hang out and do stuff together. Um, but if your parent already told you no, then don't call me. I can't save you. <laughs> You know, I just ease it a little bit. Um, but we just wanted to address all of these issues where some of them are physical and um, health issues. Some of them are mental. Um, just take all of it very, very serious. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself um, because while people surrounding you do love you, I promise you they are always going to take care of their personal things and their personal and mental health first before they try to put yours first, which is okay because that's what we should do. That Our happiness is our responsibility, and if we're having an off day, we, need to, we have to solve that. We cannot be reliant on other people. Um, y'all know we always close our show out with words of wisdom. Um, you go first. Um, I can go first. All I'm going to say is because again, we put a lot of emphasis on your overall health. Um, but definitely, mental health is definitely important. But definitely, find time to decompress. Find something um that you like to do, or find a way to decompress. And decompress doesn't have to be like you gotta take a drive or you go to the gym every day or whatever decompress could be just sitting in your car think about think about your day or taking a shower just relaxing because sometimes that's how i do i do my best thinking when i'm working out doing cardio and taking a shower that's when i do my best thinking so even in my, even when I'm in the shower, I'm decompressing because I'm running through my day, running through how things went, just thinking about, okay, maybe I could have did this better, stuff like that. But it's I'm decompressing because I'm, allow, I'm allowing myself 
to re go through my day and you know figure out a better way to for it to be better tomorrow so i will definitely say please take time to decompress find a way to keep your mental health strong um and always remember to live fearless Okay, so as we talked about all of, um, we talked about breast cancer awareness, domestic violence, and World Mental Health Day, um, as we stated, all of those things tie together because your mental health can affect your physical and your physical health can affect your mental. Find things to help you make them work together for you. What works for someone else may not work for you. So it's okay if you have to do trial and error for several different things to get the result that you want. Um, just make sure that you understand that it is your responsibility to take care of you and not anyone else's, unless you're a child. But you still need to make sure that you are voicing your boundaries, voicing your needs um, to your tribe or whoever is around you, whether it be family or friends. Um, sometimes you have to set those healthy boundaries so that people around you don't um, don't intervene in the time thinking that they're trying to come help you when you know, you're just taking a little bit of me time. So um, we will see y'all very soon. Yes, soon, soon. And make sure that y'all stay tuned for all the events that we have coming up. I'm going to drop some dates for some pop-ups. Because let me tell y'all, I didn't tell y'all because I didn't really do a good review on the page. But Pop-Up Potato is bomb as shit. Shout out to Seth Nisha um, and her husband. I have had a chance to order from her twice. And I almost cried when I missed the pop-up shop one day. But Pop-Up Potato is bomb as shit like. Please make sure that y'all catch her. I know that she's going to be at a pop-up shop. I think that's November the 5th is her next pop-up shop. So I'm going to post that and share it. Um, of course, you follow us on social media. Mm -hmm. And make sure y'all like, share, and subscribe on our please. YouTube page. Please. And we will see y'all
These bitches too easy, I got a problem, I gotta solve it, yeah Wasting my time while I'm online, shawty done took it there She feels so guilty 